Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, October 16th. The Titans won a football game like three days ago, and it's already time to look ahead at their next opponent and another chance to stay unbeaten when the Houston Texans come to town on Sunday at noon. The Texans have won eight out of the last 12 against the Titans, but this isn't your father's Titans team, and it's definitely not your dad's Texans either. These two have split their regular season series three years in a row, but these two franchises are trending in very different directions. Sure, the Texans have fired their head coach and started 0-4, but this team still has Deshaun Watson, and they're coming off their first win of the season last weekend. Add in the fact that the Titans are playing on very short rest, that the roster is still not all the way back to 100% post-COVID, and, you know, it's the NFL, so everyone needs to be on high alert on Sunday. Statistically, there is nothing about the Texans that should scare the Titans' dominant offense right now. Two numbers stand out that would be mildly concerning if I was a Texans fan. Houston is giving up over 160 yards rushing per game, only Detroit is worse in the NFL, and they are third worst in the NFL in pass efficiency defense, giving up 108.8 passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. So against this Titans offense, you're telling me that Houston struggles to stop the run and isn't very efficient in pass defense? This sounds like a recipe for disaster against Arthur Smith's offense that wants to, oh, that's right, run the football and use the play-action game with ruthless efficiency. Defensively, there's still some major issues for the Titans, and Watson is terrifying when he's on. And he's been on against the Titans. For his career, he's 3-1 against the team with a 114.1 quarterback rating and has more rushing yards, 170, against Tennessee than any other team in the NFL over the course of his career. And he's accounted for 12 touchdowns in those four games. He gives his team a chance at the upset, but it's hard to find any concrete reasons that Houston should be in this game late, other than all the cliché intangibles. That the Titans are coming off an emotional high and playing on a short week, and that interim coach Romeo Crennel knows Mike Vrabel incredibly well, on and on and on and on. The NFL teaches you very quickly to expect the unexpected, so I would bet on Watson playing very well and putting up good numbers. But there is no rational argument to be made for the Texans' defense to stop Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and the Titans' offense. First one of 35 wins. My money is on Tennessee, minus 3.5. Remember, good teams win, great teams cover. Here's some quick roster updates for Titans fans. Backup running back Darrington Evans was placed on IR with his hamstring injury that he sustained on Tuesday night in the win over Buffalo. A.J. Brown, Jadavian Clowney, who, yes, is on the team, Daquan Jones, and Malcolm Butler did not practice with various maladies. More importantly is who was back at practice. Taylor Lewan was back in a limited role. Jeffrey Simmons, Adam Humphreys, Cam Batson, Christian Fulton were all back, and Adoree Jackson actually worked out on the side field as well. The Titans are going to practice Friday and then hold a walkthrough on Saturday before putting their unbeaten record on the line on Sunday. The Tennessee Volunteers have beaten Kentucky in 33 of their last 35 meetings, including both times that Jeremy Pruitt and Mark Stoops have met the last two years. And you could argue fairly easily that the Wildcats have been the better team in both of UT's wins each of the last two seasons. The stakes could not be higher for this game, for both teams. Kentucky is better than its 1-2 record indicates and is staring at a potential 1-4 start with Georgia coming to town next weekend should they get beat. Stoops and company has to know how much this opportunity means to their season and going 0-3 against Pruitt won't sit well in Lexington. This defense is coming off a remarkable showing against Mike Leach and Mississippi State in which Stoops' defense got three times as many interceptions, six, as they gave up total points, two. 
Meanwhile, the Vols are facing what is easily the second toughest opponent to date and could also be looking at their own losing streak should they fall at home to Big Blue Nation as Alabama is coming to Knoxville next weekend. And per usual in the nation's toughest conference, it probably comes down to which defense plays better at the point of attack and which quarterback protects the football. It's not overly complicated this weekend in Neyland Stadium. Kentucky features the best rushing attack in the SEC at 212 yards per game, while Tennessee comes in ranked 10th in the league in rushing and yards per carry. The Vols are averaging just 3.3 yards per attempt. Now, to be fair, those numbers are skewed by the god-awful performance against Georgia last weekend, but still, the big, bad, nasty, big orange offensive line probably needs to live up to the hype and the press coverage this weekend against Kentucky. This just feels like a dark alley knife fight, man. Both teams are desperate. Both coaches pride themselves on defense. Both defenses are playing pretty well. They're both upper half SEC units in terms of yards per play. And both teams feature a veteran quarterback who's dealt with some adversity within their fan base, but also is probably the reason either team is going to win games this year. The winner will be buoyed with a huge rebound and will be riding high into a difficult game next week, while the loser is staring at a downward slide that could be very difficult to stop in 2020. No pressure, boys. The biggest game of the entire football weekend, however, might be number two Alabama hosting number three Georgia, the nation's best offense against the nation's best defense. What's not to love? There are so many questions about this game that affect not only the outcome of this particular matchup, but also the SEC championship, the national championship, the playoff. Can Stetson Bennett IV make the big throw trailing in the fourth quarter on the road on third and eight? Is Alabama's defense going to hold up against the powerful Georgia rushing attack? Are there enough playmakers on the outside for Georgia to pick up chunk plays and score with Alabama? Is Georgia's defense so good that even mighty Alabama finds itself behind the sticks and having to throw on third down? Are both teams playoff good? Is this the first or second or even third meeting of the year between Alabama and Georgia? And does it count as a former assistant beating Nick Saban if Nick Saban isn't actually there? 16 of Saban's former assistants have gone on to become head coaches, including nine total current coaches and basically like a third of the SEC. We all know the record by now. Saban is 21-0 against his former assistants, having just beaten Jimbo Fisher and Lane Kiffin recently. And Kirby Smart has maybe had it the worst of anybody. Alabama and Saban have not only beaten up on his former employees, he's embarrassed them by an average score of 42-17. to But not Smart. Georgia's had Bama beaten each of the two meetings that they've played, and somehow Saban has figured out ways to win by doing totally normal stuff, like benching your starting quarterback at halftime of the national championship game. Unlike other assistants, Bama has only beaten Smart by a total of 10 points in two games. Perhaps this is the team and the coach and the time, Georgia and Kirby Smart, that could end that streak this weekend. The question is, does it actually count? Some other stuff to keep an eye on this weekend. Number 15, Auburn travels to South Carolina at 11 a.m. Central Time in a huge game for two coaches under a lot of pressure to win. Ole Miss and Arkansas kick off at 2.30, featuring two first-year SEC coaches doing interesting things in very different ways. And number 11, Texas A&M, will travel to Mississippi State at 3 p.m. in an effort to prove that it belongs back in the playoff conversations after last weekend's win over Florida. The 3-2 Indianapolis Colts will host the 1-3 Bengals on Sunday at noon, while the 1-4 Jags host the 1-3 Lions at the same time. Yeah. After an offensive explosion in the win on Wednesday night over Houston, Nashville SC gets some much-needed time off this weekend. They will return to action next Tuesday night at Nissan Stadium against FC Dallas. 
Obviously, everybody out there have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Please, of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Tell all your friends. My name is Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Friday, October 16th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. Thank you.